Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Estonia. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second buy of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. We really do. Hello, Monty. Hello, Matt. How are you? Very good. Very Gosh, good. Gosh, a week since the last podcast, eh? Yeah. Still got the same wine, though. <laughs> The magic of the airwaves. This chin-chin is going to be loud. No, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Some things don't change, do they, Monty? They don't. (laughs) Um, But we are in Estonia this week, figuratively, tangentially, tangentially, spiritually. (laughs) Um, In our heads. In our heads, yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, talking about uh, Eesti Lau. The national final. We are indeed. Estilao, the long-running selection show to choose the Estonian entry for Eurovision. And it really was long-running this year. There were three rounds and seven shows. I mean, I couldn't barely keep up. Quarterfinals back in November, 20th, 27th of November, 4th and 11th of December. Ten songs in each, of which five advanced to the two semifinals, which weren't held until February. That's right. February 3rd, February the 5th. And then a week later, we had the final on the 12th of February. That's a lot, isn't it? That's Lithuania in the early naughty sort of national final sort of length. The ones that went on for about four years. Yeah. Yeah. At least in this, we did get the songs from the start. And some of those Lithuanian ones, it was like an artist selection for the first few weeks. And you never got to hear a, a Eurovision eligible song until, you know, the last minute, virtually. So we did have 40 songs which are all eligible. I have to confess, I didn't watch the quarterfinals. So if there was something stunning lurking <laughs> there, we have overlooked it. So don't get excited if your favourite went out in the first heat in wherever it was. Actually, I'll tell you where it was. The ERR TV studios Ooh. were the quarterfinals. And the semifinals and the final were the Sako Sohal, which of course we know as being the venue for Eurovision when Estonia hosted back in uh, 2000. Five? Three. Three. 2003, Matt. Know your history. <laughs> That's a dark period for me. Uh-huh. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the four quarterfinals out of the way. Interestingly, um, Letland, who was one of the competitors in the fourth semifinal, no, the fourth quarterfinal, hosted the third quarterfinal. Not the one he was in. But he was a host. So there was all manner of things all over the place with who was hosting and who was taking part. They actually made a bit of a thing of the quarterfinals in terms of who they got to host it because they were all previous Eurovision Uh. uh, or previous Estonian Eurovision personalities. So we had Tanel Padar and Ines uh, from way back, Ukko Suvista and Tanya, uh, Otlepland and Laura, 
and Getagani and Yuri Putzman in mm. across the four quarterfinals. So, you know, they put a bit of effort into that. So maybe it is a bit of a shame that we didn't bother to watch them. <laughs> But we did watch on the semi-finals, so that was where we got 20 songs, which were whittled down to five qualifiers from each and a 10-song national final. Haven't you interviewed Yuri? I have, yes, for the Oge UK Eurobash. That's right. I have. Yeah, there you go. Dancing with the stars. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember he had that much to say for himself, but I interviewed him nonetheless. (laughs) So we are going to skip straight forward to the final because the, all of the songs that we have to bring you tonight qualified for the final. 12th February in the Sakoso Hall, hosted by Prit Lug and Maria Elise Elos. It was nice to see Maria Elise Elos, the 95 and nine, no, the 96 and 97 contestant again. I don't think we've seen her very much at Eurovision things, so it was very nice to see her. So in the first round, an international jury and a public vote 50-50 split determined the top three entries to proceed to the super final and we may bring you some of the songs that made it to the super final but of course the super final and the whole show was won by Stefan with his song Hope which went to Eurovision a bit of a cowboy theme I like this one he closed the show in the final and had that little leap over off the stage I thought he was going to come a cropper but (laughs) thankfully he didn't I I liked it. I thought it was one of I thought it was a bit of a dark horse to win the whole thing because it was just so uplifting. But in the end he came 13th in the final having come 5th in the semi-final. Let's have a little listen to it. Tearing up our lives and we will always rise. I said it. this song I never skip it on the playlist it is uplifting it's a cheeky chappy nice guy we served him alcohol at the London Eurovision party very polite young man we like him he was lovely he was very tall as well yeah he was he wasn't he yeah Yeah. I thought it was just because I was drunk but I mean people get not that I was drinking (laughs) you were on the floor (laughs) let's have a look though at what didn't win the national final Song number one then is Alina Necheva, Remedy. Monty, thoughts on Elena? Well, we've seen Elena before. We've seen her at Eurovision. She was the Estonian entry. And we've seen her on Eurovision, the movie. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yes, she was the Estonian entrant in 2018 in Lisbon. She had that big dress that had all the swirly colours all going around it. And she was very operatic. Yeah, that's what she's known for. Yeah, I mean, she's not quite so operatic in this song though it's kind of it's sung 
with clearly an opera singer's voice, but it's not an operatic style through all of it. There are elements of it when we get to that. Um, I like this. It's what I would expect from her, really, with a view of going to Eurovision. It starts with a close-up of her and then reveals that she's in this peachy, beige, leotard-netted number with a little hood, knee-high boots. It's kind of like a 1980s fantasy warrior on a journey. I don't know, on a quest. Um, There's some landscape LED background going on, which is nice. At times, I'm like, well, that looks a bit like stock footage. I think it's a bit Alina by numbers, by her own standards, if I'm being honest. Um, decent song. She sings it impeccably. Obviously, she's an opera singer. I'm not sure the massive high notes where she really pushes it is really needed. Uh, but, you know, it's it, she was always going to be in the final, I think. It, it's, it's a half-decent song. What the hell happened in the semi-final, though? Well, there was a moment in this song. <laughs> And if you were only seeing the final, you it was quite an impressive moment. She at one point the dancers were flouncing around her and they clip some wires to her and she gets hoist aloft and she's singing almost cruciform um, from quite high above the stage. She's a good sort of you know ten meters or so off yeah. the ground, um, and then she's lowered gently back down to the stage. Which unfortunately didn't happen in the semi-final. She Not was so hoist, gentle. She was hoist aloft. And then, it, I don't know what happened, but she just seemed to kind of like thud back to the ground. There was a hell of a clump as she hit the ground. And she was visibly shaken as she was singing the rest of the song. But I mean, she held it together oh. like a pro. So well. It was like, oh my God, we all saw, you can't hide it. Like, we all know what just happened. We all heard it. (laughs) That great clatter as you fell to earth. But wow, that is how you like, you smile, you think, it was quite a tender finish as well. So she was like, through the pain. I'll just, I I, maximum respect. Absolutely. I mean, clearly something went wrong. I don't know now, sort of, you know, was she meant to be dropped quite dramatically, but just to a certain point? Almost like a bungee jump, but, you know, without bouncing back up. You know, where you go, the drama is in you kind of falling, but in a staged fall. And, I don't know, somebody set the length of the wires too long or something. Or she just plummeted too quickly or too far. Because I wondered if by the time it got to the final, the gentle lowering back was the compromise for what was meant to be quite a dramatic moment. I think that was probably the better version, though, having a lowered down. It looked better anyway. It was certainly calmer to watch when you knew what had happened. Yeah. You were kind of, you know, waiting to see if she comes a cropper again. It was almost like when she got to a certain level, like, oh, if they drop it now, she's fine. Like, no, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the theme of the song is quite nice as well. She's, uh, she's singing of her lover being the remedy of the title. Um, that helps her get through the dark times and yeah I mean if she'd had another fall like that she'd need some TLC after that (laughs) glad she's got somebody she can rely on the next song is called Fire by Elisa
Matt, is this bringing the fuego for you? It's bringing me fire. I mean, it's very on the nose. Fire. Got it. Um, <laughs> uh, there's fire. Um, it feels very Eurovision from the 2000s, talking about the Eurovision that time, which is a decade I really struggle with when it comes to Eurovision. Again, another by the numbers, formulaic song in my book. You know, dancing and singing is so difficult to do at the same time. It's so difficult to do for anyone that's tried doing it. Um, and I think nowadays you can't get away with being okay at it. You've got to, it's got to be a focal point of the song if you're going to do that. This didn't quite get there. It's a struggle. Less fire, more smoky ashes. I just, it, it's not, where's the positive? Well, she the positive fantastic. is the positive is that she was she got to the super final and she was third. So you know, people obviously liked this. Yeah, I mean, she was very engaging. She, she, you know, she, she, she tried to do the best that she could with it. It was a bit of a stilted performance. I thought there, it, there's something there in the song, and it's very kind of what we expect a Eurovision song to be like, but. There was something in the performance where you could almost see her counting the dance steps in her head. Mm. Um, she didn't seem at ease with just letting herself flow into the performance. Interestingly, she's one of a couple of artists who was affected by COVID and was unable to perform in the semi-final. So what they did is they let people show the video of the song. And so... She was voted through from the semi-final to the final on the strength of the video performance. So when we were watching the semi-finals, having not watched the quarterfinals, as we've admitted, you were waiting to see what she brought in the final and whether she would, you know, really do something which was charging up the stage. Not sure she really did. There's lots of fire. There's lots of pyro in this song. But despite all of that pyro, I think if you were to think of this in comparison with Fuego, which titularly you are invited to do, then if you were to regard Eleni Ferreira's performance as the pinnacle of the climax of a pyro curtain coming down on stage, then Elisa's more like a bent sparkler that's got a bit damp and won't spark anymore. (laughs) It's gloriously cheap, though, and I love gloriously cheap, so that's a redeeming feature for me. That's why it's in the mix. Song number three, then, is Ott Epland, as mentioned before, with his song Alvalgusis. Alvalgusis in the morning light. Otto Lepland bringing us some morning glory there. <laughs> Ot and his little Ot were a big hit in 2012 when he first took part. It was a song with a big impact um, that people really responded to. I did like the whole package that he put, brought that year. 
<laughs> We're trying not to be smutty this year. No. There's a lilting piano in this. Um, it's a very gentle, it's a very lovely song. Um, having looked at the lyrics and translated them, feels to me like it's a... It's a bit like lovers reaching a bit of a barren patch in their relationship. They're, they're looking out, you know, as the sun sets and he's hoping that when the sun rises in the morning, the morning light, um, things will be just as they were at the start of the relationship when the dawn comes again. I think he's got a bit of work to put in. Sounds a bit gloomy being this bleak. And so don't think it gives it much hope. No, I mean, it starts quite beautiful. Beautiful start, actually, with the audience shot. It's sort of a bat... Uh, we're behind Art looking out at the audience and we're seeing like the lights being... And that's actually quite beautiful. They also had like a monochrome lens, gel lensing on the um, on the camera. So, and then behind him, he had like this... The spotlights were all on at a different angle. It had like this lattice effect. It looked gorgeous as a start of a song. Then we switch to colour and there's some slow motion sea and landscape. I think there's a dawning sun, which makes sense now. Um on the backdrop, the LED video, and it, it, and then that's it. That's where the song sort of ends for me because I think it's it's in in part it's gorgeous and it does kind of tug at your heartstrings momentarily, but there's no hook and ultimately it becomes quite boring. I think when we when we watched this, when we se- selected the songs, everyone was a bit like, "All right, got it, got it now," and that's you know so, the song's only three minutes long and we're bored before that's up is is not a good sign. But it is it is got beautiful parts to this. The hook is quite key there, I think, because even Cooler had a hook, even though it was a slow ballad. And I think there's something about the caliber of Ott as a performer that draws you into this. But it just doesn't have the same kind of sparkle that Cooler did in his first attempt. No, it's an unwritten, unsort of fathomable magic that this didn't have it. Yeah, which is a shame. Moving on, the next song we're going to talk about is called Interstellar, and it's also a former Eurovision contestant. It's Stigaresta. Stig Resta and Alina Bourne delivered that absolute piece of pop perfection for Estonia. I absolutely loved that song. It just nailed that dysfunction in a relationship so well. And when she did the crying, that caught us all off guard because in the final she did the crying tear that she never did before and like oh you bloody nailed it thank you it was so well it's a great song yeah it was now Stig's been sniffing around at Estilal for quite some time as a performer and as a songwriter and he's back as a solo artist this year I I like this I think it's got a real modern pop feel to it um, and a really nice presentation there's a there's a visual um, effect where he's using, I think, an old sort of vaudeville trick, where you have your there's something that's trapping your your shoes to the floor and allowing you to either lean forward or lean backwards. And he does this incredible bit in the song where he's bent over 
completely backwards, almost lying on his back in the air with the support of this trick shoe. And it looks really, really good. And it fits in with the theme of the song of kind of having this out-of-body experience in your relationship. And, you know, he's kind of spinning around in the start and he just wants to get back to the thing that anchors him um, in the relationship, even though the power of it feels like this relationship makes him and his lover interstellar of the title. It's almost like that Michael Jackson, that famous Michael Jackson movie where he leans forward almost yes. to the ground and then yes. comes back up again. You're yeah. like, oh. at the time, it was like, oh my God, how's he doing it? Um, but yeah, it was a nice little... It, they, they did it well because even... I was thinking, I can think of a number of ways how you've done this and I can't see... I can't see how you've done it. I have to guess. I it's like that. a good sort of music hall illusion, isn't mm. it? You know, of that, of that ilk. You see it at Panto, you see it at that kind of variety show. It's great. I, I really like this. Victor Kroner as well, another uh, contestant, is one of the co-writers with Stig. Yeah, that's right. What was he? 2019 contestant for Estonia. Some good songwriting talent. And actually, this is a song that's written and composed by very accomplished songwriters. Stig is, I'm not going to say Martin Dressed as Lamb, that's way too much, but this is dangerously close to dressing too young for his age. But I think he just about pulls it off. I think he looks good. There is, um, it's quite an uplifting song, and as I said, really good songwriting sort of credentials there behind the song. A really decent national final entry, I think. And our last song that we're going to bring you for this episode is called Champion, and it's by Anna Salena. Well, I mean, what is there to say about Anna Salena? We know her so well at Eurovision. She was a participant 20 years ago. This is her 20th anniversary of her song Runaway for, uh, for Estonia, which is a perennial fan favourite at a Eurovision disco. She's also popped up in Melody Festivalen a couple of times. And when I was looking at her information online today... I didn't know that she'd done some. She recorded a version of "Killing Me Tenderly" with Maria Hauka Store from Norway, and she was going to duet on a song which we almost had as the two thousand and eight second cherry from Romania, which was a song called "Doctor Frankenstein" by <laughs> Legalia Frazier. Doctor Frankenstein, gonna make me a man so divine. Absolutely brilliant piece of pop. I'm, think it was a mistake for us not to have that in second cherry that year but Anna Salena has also been there as a backing singer she was a backing singer for Dami In and she was a backing singer for Michael Rice for the UK and she attempted to get back in her own right for Estonia this year with this song called Champion Matt what do you think of the song? I think if you're going to bring Schlager in today's musical contest sphere national final Eurovision whatever it has to be good. It has to be good Schlager. Much like our second place, second place Cherry last year, um, Charlotte Pirelli, um, still young. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. For me, this is exactly that. 
although not as good as Charlotte Century last year, this is still really good. I struggle with the genre, but this is boppy. It makes me, I'm there with her. I'm like, yeah, I'm not quite, it's not my genre, but I'm in it. I like you. I like what you're doing. What have you got? And she delivers. Special mention to the backing vocalists, um, who are our Estonian cherry last year. I never say this right, but it's Suretudruku. Suretudruku. The big girls. The big girls. (laughs) And they are lovely. And they, yeah, good backing vocals as well on this. And they were with a, well, not not an actual mama, but with a mama. In the the lineup, uh, there was the three absolutely belting backing vocals yeah. singing this with Anna Salena. I love this as well. I think it is schlager, but it's not it's not pure schlager. It's kind of schlager esque, schlager adjacent. But this is just the kind of thing that you know it certainly goes down with a fanboy of a certain age. And putting my hand <laughs> yeah. up, we know lots of people like that. Absolutely, but I like at the end. It's so joyful. It's and, empowering. And, she, and she's sort of at the end, she's sort of like, yes, she was really happy. And I'm like, that's what I want to see. You took it, you know, you took it seriously. You, you it meant a lot to you. And yeah. But you brought fun and enjoyment to performance as well. Yeah. This is, this, yeah, this ticks the box for me. Definitely. So Anna Salena there with Champion. Which of those five is going to be the Estonian Cherry? Well, we'll find out in just a moment. But first... It's time for Matt and Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Monty, Good Thing of the Week, that's good. Yes, our moment where we like to spell, spread some joy and positivity in the Eurovision world. And, well, this podcast, if you're listening to it on release, it's coming out on the 4th of July. And, as we know, that's American Independence Day. And, as we know... This year, we got a new addition to the Eurovision family. We got the American Song Contest. Mm. So we just want to give a little big up to the American Song Contest. It wasn't necessarily what people thought it was going to be, but I don't think it was nearly as bad as some people feared it was going to be. It seemed like some people got it and some people didn't. And I think that's like, it's a learning curve. Not that the American Song Contest has got to be exactly like Eurovision. No, this is how you do. It's like, it's going to be its own thing. But I still think there's a lot of finding out how do you do? Because it's not American Idol. It's not X Factor. It's not anything like that. But it kind of is. But I, So everyone's finding their feet with it. And it's really interesting to see some of those entries that came out. Now, we're not going to talk about like the winner because actually... Monty's yet to I've catch up. I've still not seen the final because it was on in the middle of Eurovision. Exactly, right. I've not. I've only done a little bit, so you've probably seen more than me, but I do know who won it. I did but, watch all the five heats, though, mm. so I have seen all the songs. And I think what's exciting about it is I think the Americans don't quite know what's hitting them. Um, there's some absolutely wild presentations out there, as well as some very ordinary songs and I think they do need to zhuzh up the voting a bit because it did feel as though some very ordinary songs were getting through and some of the wild numbers were getting eschewed and I hope that changes because I hope that people can see the joy of some absolutely out there staging. It's very interesting that they don't have the six person limit. They have a six person limit for the performers 
But then you can chuck as many dancers at it as you want on top of that. Mm. And that's how they managed to create, I think, much, much bigger performances. If I've one quibble about it, it's that I think more countries should qualify from the heats. Where you had only... States. States, mm-hmm. sorry. More states should qualify. You had eight or nine states going out in each heat. And then that was over for them, apart from two wild cards that were going to be chosen. And I think if you're losing so such a big proportion of your field at that early stage, that's wrong. I would rather see maybe three semi-finals or more songs in the semi-finals. So more songs feel they have a, a chance of qualifying beyond that first stage. I think lots of people put lots of effort into that first stage and then it was out. Yes, agreed, agreed. But what we've got a lot of American listeners to this podcast. In fact, you are the second most listened to country after the UK. Well, we are. Listen you are from. Listen from. Sorry, yes. yeah. Um, and we love it. We love yeah. that you're with us on this journey. Literally all over America. It's crazy. I don't know why. Do you listen to us? Uh, do tell us. But um, but well, we are. We do want to listen to you actually because we want to know what your thoughts are on the American Song Contest because it's okay for us with our very European Eurovision heads on. But you know what? How did it go down in America? What were you guys talking about? You know, at dinner with your family and friends, like what? What? What's the word on the street? Maybe you didn't talk about it at all. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it really does mean more to us than it does to you. <laughs> but uh, no, let us know. I'd be really interested. I really, really would like to hear what the American take is on on that. Really interested. The Asia Vision Song Contest never came to anything. They've never got that off the ground. So it's quite interesting to see the American one take off. There are murmurings of a contest across Latin America. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'd be so here for that. But, yeah, swarthy Brazilians. Swarthy Colombians, swarthy Peruvians, Argentinians, Bolivian, everywhere across South America. I would love that Latin feel to a contest. Bring it. Especially the live shows. I mean, I, I'm a judge on the Argentinian song contest. They contact me every year and say, hey, you're into Eurovision, let's be a judge. Here's loads of songs. And they're, and they're from different regions. And it's the songs are incredible. Some of them are really new. Some, and so I see that and I think, yes, if you get this live... Latin America, oh, it, it could be so good. I'd like to see more Latin flavour from some of the states in America. I did love that you had the territories and you had a bit of really diverse input into this year's songs. I want to see less stale white men doing country and more mariachi sister twins. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and don't forget Canada. Canada having their own Eurovision. Oh, they are. Similarly. Yeah. We don't, don't know the details yet, I don't think, but that's been announced. So it's yeah. Oh my God, it's with like RuPaul's Drag Race. No time at all. We're going to have to have second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth cherries. You're going to be sick of the sound of us. As you may be now. So let's move on. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Monty, reel this in. Bring us home. What song have we chosen as the Estonian cherry? Well, Matt, this was a unanimous decision across the team. And if you know the taste of some of the team, I think that will give it away. (laughs) It was 
Champion by Anna Starlane, the Estonian Cherry for 2022. Yeah, happy with that, happy with that. As I said, bit of schlager, schlager-esque. You should Dun- be happy with it. You chose Dun- it. I know. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, there's a few songs there that could have, but that for me it was stand out. Also, the one thing I will say about this: when we choose the cherries, we put it on a big TV and we turn it up fucking loud. Actually, <laughs> I don't know how uh, the neighbours don't complain, but we re- so. And sometimes that does kind of give something. Sometimes when we talk amongst us. We sort of say, "Oh, that had more impact this time." It's like, "Yeah," because we just cranked it up, and you feel the bass, and you, it makes a difference. Doesn't and it? remember that when we do the live show, these will be loud on the big screen in a venue full of queers <laughs> <laughs> and our friends. Just how we like it. So, tell us about uh, what you think, American Song Contest, and the show, and the and the cherry that we picked. You can contact us on Twitter at Second Cherry. Instagram, second underscore cherry. Facebook, search second cherry podcast. Or you can email us, which is hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Hello, hello. (laughs) Police headquarters. This is Rosemary speaking. (laughs) American American second cherry. There you go. (laughs) Right. So we're going to wrap this up. What country are we doing next week? We don't know. We don't know. We actually are still to select some countries. Mm. So we have some that we've made the choice on and we're making the choice on others this week as in the week that we're recording this. So (laughs) one of the songs that we pick this week might be the song You Hear Next Week. The You Hear Next Week. We've already picked some crazy good songs, guys. It's going to be a good year. But you'll find out. So say goodbye then. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.